Welcome to Routing for Success, the show where we interview today's top logistics professionals, giving them a platform to share their stories and best practices. Today, we are talking with Patrick Luzzi. Patrick is an independent service provider for FedEx Ground via his company, Patrick Luzzi Delivery. In this episode, we talk about how Patrick got to start as a driver and then AO for another contractor before going out on his own, some tips that he has for driver retention, and finally, a franchise opportunity that Patrick is doing to get better utilization out of his vehicle assets. I am pleased to present to you Patrick Luzzi. All right, we're here with Patrick Luzzi. Patrick, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So uh, let's talk about your FedEx Ground contracting business. But first, tell us about you. So prior to FedEx, I was a, in uh, the restaurant industry for about 25 years. And it just happened to happened to be that uh, uh, I was working in Omaha at uh, the Harris Casino, multi-outlet restaurant manager. And uh, my brother decided to buy one of our hometown steakhouses that we actually worked in when we were growing up in, in high school. We decided we were going to open up this restaurant or not open up the restaurant, but take it over. It had been in business for over 30 years. So it was kind of a staple in our hometown. And we decided we were, we were going to take the steakhouse over and continue it on for 30 years. We opened it up and shortly after we opened up right on the outskirts of town, Texas Roadhouse opened up. Well, that kind of put a damper on things. And then shortly after that, Golden Corral opened up right next door to them. And then uh, uh, Eldon's Steakhouse also opened up in the same time frame. And it really kind of put the screws to us. And uh, it, was, it was hard for us to survive. And so uh, one thing led to another. And ultimately, we ended up going out of business. But during that time, our lead, lead server during the daytime, her husband was a FedEx contractor. So... He, he's like, you know, you need a job. I need drivers. He just, you know, if it's a year, if it's two years, come, come work for me as a driver. So I went to work for him as a driver for a year. And then I eventually, you know, be, just being a driver wasn't cutting it, you know, cause I was making a lot of money in the restaurant business, you know, being an all, you know, working at Harris Casino, you know, et cetera. So after exactly a year, you know, I, I was able to find a, another job in the restaurant business. They put me on the road for, uh, for the next three years, I was just on the road. I was in Pasco, Washington at one point in time. After three years, that contractor called me back and says, hey, I need, I need a manager to come back to work for me as a manager or my AO because I can't handle this anymore. It's grown so big, I can't handle it. And it just happened to be that I, you know, I was out of town on a two-week stint in Pasco, Washington. It was a text message conversation. Hey, can you come back and be my manager? I don't want you as a driver. I want you to be a manager. I said, I sent back a text message saying, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. What would it take? I'm like, okay, well, I want this, 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 and this. 20 minutes later, when can you start? And never actually talked to the guy or whatever. So I ended up coming back as his AO. And one of the biggest, biggest reasons he hired me is he needed somebody to be the middleman or the liaison between him and the station manager because they really butted heads. They did not get along at all. So... He, uh, he hired me to be the mediator between him and the station and it worked really well. So, cause the station manager and I got along really well. It just, him and the station manager did not get along whatsoever. Anyway, we, uh, I was his AO for about five years until he decided to just up and walk away from it. He was done with it. And because I had that good relationship with the station manager, BDS didn't even know who the hell I was. 
you know, much less the district guy, you know, but that's relationship with the senior manager. He ended up turning around and awarding me the territory. So I ended up getting it basically for free. So you got it for free. I got it for free. I, I feel yeah. like that's super unique. You know, most people who get into the business of FedEx ground contracting, at least for the first entrance into it, yep. you got to buy a business. You have to buy the rights to a territory. Yep. You know, there's no more land to give out. So, you know, the packages are being delivered by somebody as a unique set of circumstances that allowed you to get in with, you know, yeah. very little money out of pocket, right? Yeah. But if I didn't have that relationship with that senior manager or whatever, there's no way I was going to get into it because I didn't have that kind of resources yeah. at that point in time. So, yeah. So we ended up running it for uh, about a year and a half or whatever. And then BDS to kind of make a name for myself. I started doing contingency and other terminals and stuff. BDS all of a sudden became, you know, he knew who I was and he was reaching out to me for help and stuff. He took me to Minnesota, Maple Grove, Minnesota, where they awarded me another free territory. So I got a second one in Maple Grove, Minnesota. We ran that one for two years. We got it set up. We sold it. And now here we are taking that those funds to actually buy another territory in our existing terminal. And it's going to bring us up to scale. So I, I think it was the right business move. You know, so now we're now we don't have to travel. We don't have to spend time in Maple Grove, Minnesota or whatever, out of state. So it, it was a no-brainer for me at that point in time. So so you're, you're in the process of buying another territory that's adjacent to your existing CSA, yep, right? Same terminal, and we stand up in August 19th. Stand up so, August 19th. Yep. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. So uh, once that's done, how many daily routes will you be up to? So with that uh, busiest day, we'll be running uh, 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 15 to 18 routes to bond volume. 15 to 18 a day. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, so the Minnesota operation, you built it up into a successful operation and sold it. Tell us about some of the challenges of making that happen because that was, you were doing that from afar and you had your CSA in your hometown. So you had to juggle both of those. What did that look like? Uh, the, the biggest challenge in, uh, Maple Grove was our, was the labor market. We were competing with so many other contractors for the same employees. And it was, it was very difficult. I couldn't find managers really even, uh, to run it, you know, and, and so it was very challenging, you know, trying to be disconnected from the business. I had to literally be up there two, three times a month or whatever, living in hotel rooms and stuff. So it was very challenging. And that wasn't really what our, goal was it wasn't to be that hands-on from that far away so uh, once we found other other people who were interested in it, it was like yeah absolutely this makes more sense because you have people that live here do the hands-on daily functions and stuff so right time to buy is when you have a buyer or right time to sell is when you have a buyer sure. so when the yeah rock consultants helped us out with that also obviously so yeah so tell us about over the years, what are some important lessons that you've learned when it comes to running a successful FedEx operation? Well, your business model has to change when FedEx changes. You know, my, my business model three years ago is completely different than it is now. You know, I thought I was going to be in nine different terminals at this point in time three years ago. Now I just want to be in one terminal and diversify and put my eggs in multiple baskets, not just with FedEx. So... You know, with FedEx changing the rules every day, we kind of have to change our our business every day also. So when you say FedEx changing the rules every day, 
you have to change your business. Can you give us some examples of rules or things that have changed yeah, that you've had so to respond to? One of the biggest things was uh, scale. You know, three years or two years ago, they told us that don't, you can't get any bigger in Sioux City. You have to, if you want to get bigger, you need to go to Maple Grove, Minnesota if you want to grow your business. You're as big as you can get in Sioux City. We will not allow you to get any bigger. Okay, so that's what we did. We went to Maple Grove, Minnesota and bought in up there. And two years later, oh, now you can be bigger in Sioux City. So, you know, what, what is it? You know, what's the rule today is not the rule tomorrow. So when we had the opportunity to get bigger in Sioux City, yes, that's what we wanted to do in the first place. But two years ago, you told us we couldn't. Now you're saying that we can. That was the biggest one right that, there. Man, that was so tough. I've, I've spoken with so many contractors who were over scale. Because FedEx had come out and said, okay, you know, we actually prefer, I don't know if they explicitly said this, but through their policies, they implied, we really prefer to work with smaller contractors. So, you know, they set limits in each terminal. You can only have so much percentage, you know, within a certain terminal. So there are a lot of contractors who were basically forced to sell off pieces of their business to get down yeah. to scale. And then some time went by and they did a total 180, right? And yep. they came, they said, you know what? Never mind. We want to go the other way. We actually prefer to have lar- a fewer number of larger, more established contractors. So yep. you're now under scale. We need you to grow and take on more exactly. territory, right? Yeah. And and the guy that I'm buying from, that was his exact story also. Two years ago, he was told, you have to split your territory if you want to sell. So he split his territory. His, uh, his business partners took over one half. He took over the other half. And then not, now when he wanted to sell, FedEx changed the rules and said, nope, you either have to sell to somebody in your building or you have to recombine with your former partner and then sell it that, at that point. And he was just fit to be tied also. You know, it's like, how do you change the rules like that? And, and uh, I guess we just have to grin and bear it, I guess, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's all you can, can do, do is roll with the punches, yeah. right? What are some other... What are some other lessons that you've learned over the years? You know, I hear people talk about that there's a few pillars of this business to be successful, right? You've got operational efficiency, you've got safety, you've got customer service, you know, you could even put, you know, relations with FedEx manager, terminal management in that. You had mentioned that you were doing a good job with that, that afforded you some opportunities. What are some other things you feel like you do really well in your business? So for me, my number one philosophy was always has it been and will always be take care of the people that take care of you. And I've got very low turnover rate for our guys. And that's because it's, it's not in the recruitment. It's in the retain, retention. If you can retain the guys that you've got. And I just, I was fortunate after Christmas was over with, I ended up with a handful of people or whatever that were the best employees that I've had in 10 years. And I did not want to let any of those individuals go. I didn't want to cut their hours. So I went out and found business for them to do. So, you know, and then I think they, they respect me for that. You know, I, I think that's the biggest thing right there. Take care of your people. Take care of the people that take care of you. I just wish FedEx would take care of, take care of its contractors. Really. I, I want to talk more about that. You know, I, I was talking to a, a FedEx contractor recently who also has a business where he handles end of contract negotiations for other FedEx contractors. He has 400 FedEx contractors who he, he does this with. And he, but he told me, he said, Ryan, you know, you need to get someone on the podcast who is doing really well with driver retention. 
If you get someone on the podcast who's doing really well with the driver retention, that'll probably be the most popular podcast episode. People need to hear about that. So I asked this guy, I said, well, you know, 400 contractors, give me one. Who is it? And he said, Ryan, I can't tell you a single one. We're all really? struggling with driver retention. I don't know that anybody actually has it figured out, but awesome. it, so- it sounds like you're doing okay with that. Can Tell and us more about that. What are you maybe doing? Maybe I'm just lucky, but... I, I would like to think that if you went to any of my drivers or whatever, they would say, hey, I want to work for this guy because hmm. they take care of their employees. They give out raises before the, they have to ask for raises, you know, and I'm upfront and honest with them. I don't hide anything from them. I tell them how much I'm making on the route. You know, well, why do you do that? It's because if you know I'm making money, I, you should be making more money also. And And I think they respect me for that. But we do other things also. We try to uh, do multiple things throughout the course of the year. In addition to quarterly bonuses, vacation giveaways for productivity and stuff like that. And I think, you know, giving away a vacation, you know, that a three day vacation to Branson, Missouri or whatever is kind of, has been popular over the last couple of years. But on, on top of that, you know, we do Christmas parties and, and, uh, biannual get togethers, you know, I've got a couple of Hispanics who work for me and they've done, uh, authentic tacos at the restaurants, you know, drivers get back at the end of the night, they, uh, feed their families. So they're given tacos and burritos and, and, uh, tortas and stuff like that to take home to their families and stuff to feed their families. And that went over really well this last uh, couple of months ago, but just doing little things like that to let the employees know that they're appreciated, but taking care of them, giving out the raises and giving them the money before they feel that they have to come and ask you for the raise. I think that that's huge. Another thing is that you always listen to the whispers before you have to hear the screams, you know, so always listening to what they're, you know, are the drivers complaining about the workloads? Are they complaining about, you know, the oversized packages and the the sheer amount of miles that they're driving or whatever. So if I can adjust those before I have to hear them actually screaming and crying about it, you know, I think that's, that's big too. That's it. That's, I really haven't done anything extravagant. I think uh, my drivers are probably one of the higher paid in, in, in our terminal that we're in, but I'm also not paying all that training money to uh, retrain and uh, rehire people and reclothe them and all that kind of good stuff, you know, because you spend a lot of money on training with an employee. So once you get yeah. them through the training process, you want to do whatever you can to retain them. So how often, you'd mentioned that you proactively give raises. How often do you are you doing that with your drivers? So there's no set time frame. If they earn it, then I feel the ob- obligatory to give it to them then. If it's three months, great. If it's six months, fine. But I'm not doing it every, I'm not waiting a year to give, give out raises. You can't do that anymore. I mean, you know, if somebody's, comes on board and they they're really you know hauling the mail for you and, and making money you, you can't string them along for a year and wait for them to come to you and say hey i i think i deserve more money no it's like man you're doing been doing a really good job you're actually helping us make money if, to cover some of these other routes that aren't making as much as they should be and um here's an extra 50 cents or a dollar or whatever and th- that goes a long way right there i think so it sounds like you're really hands-on would that be yeah. accurate? Oh yeah. Okay. So, so are, are you in the terminal every day? Um, if it's not me, it's my wife, you know, okay. so we're, uh, I think we run the business really well together, you know, as, uh, as a partnership, but I've also got two BCs that are very awesome. You know, we're here all this week and we're in Orlando next week or whatever. And I got two BCs that 
for doing a phenomenal job for us. And so we're more hands-on because I think that's get a lot more respect from the drivers because they see us every day, you know, whereas, you know, other contractors that you aren't necessarily in the building on a weekly basis or even a monthly basis, you know, I, I don't know how they can run their business like that and, and expect it not to be on fire, <laughs> you know? So the things that you're saying to me, some of them seem pretty, uh, you know, I would say standard, like just good practice to treat people that way. Some other things you're, you're probably doing things that other FedEx contractors aren't doing, right? So, I mean, I, I guess just to kind of review the checklist and let me know if I'm missing anything. You treat people well. I mean, you're showing up and engaging with them. Uh, you proactively give raises. So you're, you're, you're already one of the higher paying contractors in the terminal. That probably helps prevent people to, from jumping ship and just going to work for the other guy, you know, yep, down the belt. Yep. You pay attention to the whispers before it becomes a scream. So yep. just try to pick up on any negativity that might be festering or if you yep. think you might have a problem with someone, just nip it in the bud. Uh, you do a Christmas holiday party. You, uh, you have some sort of contest to send someone on a three-day vacation. Yep. You do that once a year? Twice a year. Twice a year. Twice a year. Yep. And then just other little things like sending people home with food for their families. Yeah. I, I think that was all of it. Was I missing anything or were those well, kind of the... Yeah, and I, I think the big, uh, one of the bigger ones is the quarterly bonuses. Quarterly so bonuses. Quarterly yeah. bonuses. Um, you know, the drivers get bonuses if they have no missed deliveries, no complaints, et cetera. And another big one, though, is that I pay, uh, if you've got 100% perfect attendance, you get another bonus every quarter, mm. you know, and, and then that, uh, for the th fourth quarter, I double those bonuses, you know, because it's more important than ever, you know, to make sure that the driver's there during Christmas time, you know, so. So, so Patrick, there's a lot of contractors listening in who, who listen to this podcast because they're looking for information that they can apply to their own business. Sure. And I, I'm sure that they're wondering right now, if you wouldn't mind, if you're comfortable could you sure. just could you just tell us the bonus amounts that you pay and, and exactly how you structure yeah, that? Yeah, they're they're not extravagant. I think that there's contractors that pay more bonuses than I'm I am. But for example, the hundred perfect attendance is a hundred dollars every quarter. Christmas time, it's two hundred dollars. You know, so I think that's a big one right there. So when somebody calls in, says, "Oh, I'm not feeling very well today," it's like, "Well, that's fine, but you're going to lose your bonus for this quarter, and you only have two weeks to go." Oh, that's okay. I think I can make, you know, and they, they come in, you know, but, and I've had two call-offs since Christmas of last year. Only two. Two. Wow. Out of 15 drivers or 15 employees. So, I, you know, maybe it's the area of the country I'm in. I don't know. But, uh, so we, we, we've got a hundred dollars for perfect attendance. I pay them a hundred dollars to take care of their trucks and make sure the trucks are clean inside and out. You know, I don't like drum, jumping in a truck and driving for a day in somebody else's mess. We, uh, we've got uh, safety bonuses that are team oriented. So if the entire team goes accident free for the quarter, everybody gets a hundred bucks. But if one person has an accident, everybody loses their safety bonus for that month. So it's kind of peer driven. Um, and then there's also the, you know, $50, $100 for complaints, $100 for misdeliveries. So, you know, it, it's not much. And I've heard of contractors bonusing a lot more than that, but it seems to be working for me anyway. So, yeah. So, uh, we're here in Vegas. Last yep. night, we got to hear Kevin O'Leary speak. Yes. And one of the things that Kevin had suggested was, you know what you guys should really do, FedEx contractors? You should find other ways to make money from the trucks that you have. And, uh, you know, he had put a couple ideas out there, which, you know, I don't know if they would totally work, but 
you, I was thinking of you because yep. you were telling me about something which I think is pretty unique. I, I haven't heard of anyone else doing this. Tell us about your your new thing that you found that's helping you make more money with your trucks. Yeah, so like I said, after Christmas was over with last year, I ended up with a handful of drivers that I did not want to let them go. I did not want to cut their pay. I didn't want to cut their hours. I didn't want to let any of them go because they were great. And I wanted to figure out a way to keep them gainfully employed until next peak season so I didn't have to rehire next peak. And uh I it came across this ad on Sirius XM and it was for Mr. Sandless Floor Refinishing. It was a franchise based out of Philadelphia, whatever, using uh, 119 franchises across the nation, 10 different countries. And anyway, I, I went onto the website, I checked it out, and it just made sense to me in my mind because I can use the same vehicles that I'm using right now to deliver FedEx packages. I can use the same employees I can, I can, uh, hook up with the same insurance companies, workers' comp insurance companies, whatever to do the same business in the same vehicles, same employees. And, uh, we researched it and it's stupid simple to do. It's a very easy process to get it to get signed up for. If the entire process start to finish for one job is six to eight hours for, so you know, what is the work? I mean, what, so, what are you actually doing? So it's a, um, a sandless floor refinishing. It's an alternative for somebody that has hardwood floors. And if you were to sand those floors down, it could be a five to seven day process and it could cost seven to eight thousand, maybe nine thousand dollars to sand your floors, restain your floors, refinish them. You have to move out of your house. Well, this process, Mr. Sandless Floor Refinishing, it's a, uh, a one day uh, service. We pull up, uh, we apply a, a non toxic solution to the floor. A, a, a come back with a rotary machine. We scrub the floors with this rotary machine. Anything that comes off the floor is contained in the solution. We mop it off, let it, uh, put blowers and dryers on the floors and let it dry. Then we come back and add a, a, a finish solution or a finish to, to the top, let that dry, maybe two or three coats of the finish, then a polyurethane coat on top. As soon as we're done, Customers can walk on the floor within, you know, an hour or so of uh, us finishing the, the process. We're done it out of there. It takes about 24 to 48 hours for it to fully cure and harden. But then it's, uh, the process is done in 68 hours versus five to seven days. And it offers a, uh, a product of the customer that's much cheaper solution than sanding floors. And, you know, when you sand a floor, you're only going to be able to sand a floor two, maybe three times before you're going to have to replace the floor. This gives you, extends the life of your hardwood floors and anybody can do it. And so, so this is a franchise. Yes. So how, how are you leveraging your existing assets and personnel through your, from your FedEx ground contracting business to yeah. do this franchise work? So the, the, the beauty is, is that I can schedule it, schedule the flooring jobs in and around where I think the, the slowest days of the week are. For us in our terminal, the slowest days of the week are Tuesdays and Thursdays, or Tuesdays and Wednesdays, sorry, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So my drivers will actually drive on Saturdays and Mondays, and then they'll do four, four jobs on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and then Thursdays and Fridays is two busiest days while they're back, in, back at uh, FedEx. So it really works well as far as scheduling right now during this time of the year. At Christmas time, I'm just going to shutter the flo flooring service for six to seven weeks during Christmas you know, maybe push any scheduling of those floors to January 1st, pull those four people that I have from doing floors and the vans, my existing vans, 
just taking the mag magnets for the flooring business off, covering, or so I got two sets of magnets. One set of magnets that covers up the operating as FedEx ground and the DO, well, there's no DOT number because of the L10 vehicles. Um, but, but just replacing the vehicle magnets, replacing the uniforms of the employees, putting them in using the same tablets and scanners or whatever that we're using uh, for the floor business. They go deliver packages for six to seven weeks during Christmas. And then January 1st rolls around. Well, we just take take the magnets back off and go back to work doing the so floor. So you're business. using the same trucks, using yep. magnets to cover the logoing. So you have the proper yep. logoing for whichever job that truck is doing. Yep. But also your employees. So they're yep. they're employed by your FedEx business as a driver and by your franchise company uh, doing these floor refinishes. So you train yep. them to both deliver packages and do this floor refinishing. Yep. Absolutely. Do they like one or the other better? Um, so far, they like the floor business a lot better because it pays $10 more per hour. $10 more per hour. Yeah. Okay. So my so the floor guys are making about $30 an hour, whereas FedEx are only making $20 an hour. So they'd much rather do a, a floor job than, than this. But until we get built up to a point where, you know, we're doing it full time, you know, it's, it's going to take a little bit. We just started doing this about four months ago. And, but so far we got more business than we can handle right now for the number of employees that we have. So interesting. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's a creative way to, again, get better utilization out of your assets, you know, so you yes. don't have trucks sitting, but also for your personnel, you know, if, if you don't have work for someone and you send them home for a day, you only get to do that so many times before they just go find another job. You know, they have, exactly. to, put, they have to put food exactly. on the table. Right. I feel like that's got to help with your driver attention too. You know, they, oh, yeah. they're not, you're not just talking about a $20 an hour delivery job. If they were to leave, they would also be leaving the $30 an hour floor refinishing job too, right? Absolutely right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, and the, the, the cool thing about Mr. Sandless, one job in Mr. Sandless does more than four routes in revenue in one day, you know, so it's a no brainer for me. And it's, it's 40 to 60% profit. Mm -hmm. You know, the average job in 2022 for Mr. Sandless was uh, uh, $2,091, I think. So even if you take a 40% profit of $2,091, it's another no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> so well, where can people yeah. find more information on this if they're listening or watching and they, they want to yeah, explore this? Uh, just go to mrsandless.com. There's a section in the top right-hand corner of his webpage. You can find out more information about how to own a franchise. There's a list of uh, territories that are available on that website also. But right now, he's he's looking to uh, double in size. He really wants to aggressively grow this year. Uh, just mention, my, you know, when they'd ask for, uh, uh, how did you hear about us? Just say, you know, route consultants or use my name, Pat Luzzi. That's that's where you go. Uh, it tells you it, there's links on uh, uh, YouTube also about how the process is done. And you'll see that almost anybody could do this business. Um, so. Pat, sometimes I, I like to put your email address in the notes for the podcast. So if yeah. someone wants to contact you, would that be okay? Yes, for absolutely. To reach out to you? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's P-L-L-U-Z-E family at gmail.com. Absolutely. Patrick, is there anything else you want to talk about while we're here? No, I appreciate your time and and uh, sorry I was a little nervous. But <laughs> no, no, you were great. You were great. Before, yeah. So. yeah, I hope you had yep. fun. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. 
Routing for Success is brought to you by AP Equipment Financing. In today's competitive market, it is essential to acquire the right trucks at a fair price and finance them in a way that makes sense for your business. Leveraging their extensive network of truck and van suppliers, the experts at AP Equipment Financing will help you locate the best deals on step vans, cutaways, panel vans, and more. Deliver them straight to your facility and finance them with low monthly installment options. Click the link in the description or visit APFinancing.com for more information. Routing for Success is an independent production of AP Equipment Financing and is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by FedEx Corporation, FedEx Ground, Amazon, or any other logistics company discussed herein. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Routing for Success. 